This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. What will you choose? No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18+. plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I was not moving. No dancing. Not a chance was there going to be any dancing this week. Um, (laughs) I was stung massively last week by not thinking that even though we don't record this for video, that there are certain people who get the videos and certain people who like to make animations of me dancing to that music. So I was not pleased. And then threaten other members of the podcast team. Yes. Past present and future with video recordings yes there is a there's a horrific image of me you and gary that is at the minute just us three because we are building to get everyone who's involved caught in some way but but yeah mine's a little dancing version of me which yeah it's definitely not available on twitter is it liam it's not or tiktok it has not gone viral on tiktok in any way shape or form (laughs) But we're back. So, guys, um, anyone who's joining us for the first ever time, this is the Real EFL podcast. My name is Liam. Uh, I've said it before. I apologise, but I am a Bradford fan um, for my sins. I'm joined today once again by my co-host, Mrs. Hannah, ladies and gentlemen. Hi. How are you? I'm a Stockport fan, and it's sunny. It's even sunny in Stockport. Are you in Stockport? No, no, I'm not. I'm not actually. I'm in North Wales, um, but it is sunny in Stockport, according to the Ring doorbell camera. Oh, so you just checked. You've checked. You've double checked. It's sunny in Bradford. Checked, yeah. We've had a lovely barbecue. It's been, and this is, it's a great way for us to open. I think this week because last week we we kind of ended with what what are you getting up to when there's no football, mm-hmm. and we we can start with what we've done this last week. What what have you got up to aside from? relocating to a caravan in North Wales. North Wales. Um, I've booked flights for the mighty Stockport County against producer Gary's team, Lincoln, in Mercia, which is probably, I probably should be pronouncing it like Mercia. It's like, Mercia. it's true. Uh, but yeah, so that's the first week of July. I've so far booked and cancelled three different hotels because I wasn't you know, quite sure. It's not a very touristy area. There's not a massive range of hotels. More concerning is the capacity, which is 300. 
And I think that's shared between us and Lincoln. So oh, wow. as far as I know, there's a lot of Stockport County fans. I don't know about Lincoln. Gary can tell us when he comes on that have booked flights, but it might just be four days in Spain with no football interruption on the Friday. That's insane that there's only 300, though, isn't it? You, you think yeah. that they'd be looking at that now going, I wonder if there's anywhere else that we could possibly move this to that's in the same area. I feel like after the Salford ticket 4am queue, I've, yeah. I've been in training for this, so it's going to be fine. Uh, but also, I mean, Spain in July, how terrible could it be if I don't have to watch football? Uh, to be fair, the football could just be a dampener for the whole thing. <laughs> we should, Gary should do a, a live podcast in Mercia, and then we'll, yeah. I'll have to go. There'll have to be some kind of allowance made for my attendance yeah. at the football match. We'll all go. He's okay, producer Gary's coming. <laughs> uh, We're talking about Lincoln. I've got to come in on this. You've got to come yeah. in, producer Gary. Welcome, welcome back. Thank you, thank you very much. I'd say for having me back. Congratulations as well. Thank you. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I've got my decking done. It's all good. He's, honestly, he's put a rope out. He's just explained <laughs> to us. He's got a rope in his garden. Um, but no, no, you got married, didn't you? So, how, do you know what? We can, you know, we, we're talking about what we've done in this last week while there's no football on. You've gone and got yourself married. I have. I have gone and got myself married. Um, I don't think I'll get away with a, a, a flight to Spain, unfortunately. Um, no, oh. we've been together 11 years, so it's the right thing to do. Um, that's not why I've done it, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I should listen to this. I might be getting divorced as well. So, um, I know. I just, a, I just wanted. I was going to say, was a very conscious, like, wait to the end of the football season, then 100%. get married. Oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. I couldn't do it in late July because there might be friendlies. So, yeah. it was literally this tiny window. And then we had to do it in half turn because we wanted some kids to come. Well, but we also wanted to kind of do it on a weekday. So, it had to be that specific week in June. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to make a, a put a disclaimer on what you've said there because my missus now listens to this. Now we've been together four years, and I need her to just please not get it. Can you just repeat that? That's not a rule for everyone, Gary. It's not the right thing to do when you get to eleven years. Not everyone's made for it because I don't want us to get to eleven years and her to be expecting anything. You've got no, seven. You've got to get it. You've got to do it beforehand, really. I think if we'd met when we were younger, we would have done it beforehand. Sorry, Liam. So what around four after. years? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. Right. Seven years. Seven years is the latest. So, but um, yes, to answer the question about Stockport, I don't think there's worry about Lincoln taking 150 <laughs> over to to Spain. It's a training camp, isn't it? So the ground's actually used as a training camp yeah. for for different clubs. Um, so yeah, I think it's more. It's it, there will maybe be 300 there, but I don't think the you know I think we only talk about 150 <laughs> for ice green. So. Oh no, it's the other way around. There. That's all they take anywhere. Yeah, we so we got Norton last year, so this is very exotic and exciting for us. <laughs> so, <laughs> so just for you both to that to know that this last summer, Hartlepool played Hibs, and I think it may have been at the same place. I'm sure it was in Mercy South. But even though it's 300, it's the the pitch is kind of surrounded by grass banking, and there were there were pools fans stood all on the banking watching the game. Yeah. Um, and hips fans like there, there were there were definitely more than 300 at that if it's the same place but yeah it's uh you'd think with only having a 300 capacity that's probably what one stands there's three sides of the pitch where you you'll hope that someone will be able to get a good view um i think it'd be quite fun we're going to spain um but the only way to get to the bradford one in spain is to buy a package through the club 
Um, but it doesn't include your flights. A long swim. It includes your transfers from the airport. It includes your hotel. It includes your transfer from the hotel to the ground and your ticket into the game. But you have to book your own flights. But the package is like four hundred quid plus flights. So it's, it's it's a lot of money for when you add it all up. And don't worry, there's people out there that can afford it, and that's why you know they they, they will sell them. Um, but we're we're playing in Alicante. Can I can I mention something? Um, <laughs> some feedback we got, Gary. I don't know if you. I don't know if you saw this because you were a bit busy, but one of the owners of Leighton Orient, um, quite we've got real become really close with him somehow, like just chatting football and just winding each other up over the course of last season. And I got a message the other day. He said, just listen to the podcast. He said, um, announce Alicante. He said, I've been laughing all afternoon and I had to reach out and tell you that I thought it was amazing. And like announce Alicante at the time, didn't think anything of it, but yeah, announce Alicante. That was Similar to what we're doing this year, we're going to Alicante. Um, that's like so, a tweener's yeah. slogan, doesn't it? I'm gonna let you guys crack on with the show, and I'll uh, I'll obviously speak to you a little bit later on about um, about League One. About League One, producing thank you. So, we've got a guest again, we didn't have a guest last week, we we've have. got a guest this week. Um, yeah. Do you, do you want to introduce him? Do you want me to introduce him? What do you want to do? I can introduce him. It's um, it's slightly different topic for us based on the frivolity of of that conversation and uh, and last week perhaps. But um, we're joined today by um, Barry Worthington, who is the producer and editor of the PWU PWU podcast and blog. Welcome, Barry. Hi. How are you doing? Good, thank you. Um, I should have said we, just before we started, we wondered what um, PWU stood for, and we assumed that there would be a Wigan connotation in in terms of that's what the W was. But would you like to explain? Yes, um, the um, the motto of the town of Wigan is progress with unity, mm-hmm. and the club oh, wow. adopted that as well. Uh, but we add it as the pro- progress with unity for our podcast before the club adopted the motto so yeah i just thought it was a good title you know we wanted looking for something to call ourselves so progress with unity and uh it's uh, very much disunity as, as we're oh, well, yeah. this is a very northern podcast tonight mm. that is a northern accent you've got there barry that is a proper northern accent i can hear in that well I'm very proud of it. it so oh yeah. you've got to be we're all we're all on the m62 corridor as threes it's magic. Mm. I love it. Um, well, yeah, welcome. Let's, do you know what? Let's just jump straight in because there's not really a, an easy way, I think, to ease into what's going on to, at, at Wigan. But we'll let you kind of roll off what's what's been going on to, to people who don't have a clue. Give us a give us a little bit of a rundown as what's gone on over the last few years, I suppose. Yeah, well, um, we were jumped into administration during COVID, which I think uh, hit the, the Nationals and everybody knew what happened there. Uh, we nearly lost the club. We were relegated from the championship when we had a, a, a super team. I think we'd have been pushing for for the playoffs this following season if we had kept them together. But they had to be sold. We had a fire sale. Um, we played the kids and a couple of journeymen. We managed to to stay up in in League One, um, and then the season after, well, during that season, we we got taken over by Phoenix Twenty One, 
uh, a group of Bahrainis who came in in a blaze of, of glory. I think they saved us with about six weeks uh, to go before we was going to be kicked out of the league because I don't know if people realise this, but you can't start two league seasons in uh, consecutive seasons in administration. You're not allowed to do that. And <laughs> I heard roaring then as well. I don't know what that was. <laughs> no, no, that was a. I think that might have been one of the administrators taking a sharp breath. <laughs> <They've heard. laughs> yeah. Um, so, so we was about six weeks from uh, being thrown out out the football league, and uh, these this group took us over in March in 2021. So they were called Phoenix 2021. On our old Springfield Park ground, we had a stand called Phoenix, the Phoenix stand, because the old stand burnt down and it was, you know, so it was very mm-hmm. appropriate that that this group be called that. So anyway, the first season that they came in, it was absolutely brilliant. Um, uh, we had three players contracted to the club. They, they came in, we, we, they, they brought in they give us a bit of money. We splashed the, the cash. We brought in players, Liam Richardson at the Elm, and we won the league. And uh, I think uh, Lincoln was one of the few teams to beat us that season. I know Gaz has just left, hasn't he? So he's watching. Yeah, he's right he's watching. He'll, be, he'll be so excited. He's coming in, I guarantee you. His face is just going to pop up. And he's, yeah. Or he's typing in chat, but he's going to be, be in the chat. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um so, so we went up in a, a blaze of glory, but the problem was we've been given the owner uh, or the money man, the only man. This guy, his name's Al Jasme. He's the guy with all the money. Given um, the guys who were running the club, twenty million quid for three seasons. So that was the budget. Uh, after eighteen months, they'd spent all the money. Now the problem then being, uh, they we think they'd gone back to to Mr. Al Jasme, who said, well. I'll give you all the money. It's not my fault you spent it, so you're not getting any more. Uh, in this, in the meantime, so we were in the championship at the stage, uh, and we'd sacked Liam Richardson, but he was still he's still on the wage bill, so we're paying Liam. Uh, we brought in probably the worst appointment in football history, in Colo Toure, and two coaches that nobody had heard of. Uh, um, one like- of the, was that Kevin Betsy? Yes. Yes, yeah. we know all about Kevin Bexios. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I, I actually interviewed him um, before we played a game under the, the managership. And um, to say he reminded me of a rabbit cos in the headlights was a bit of an understatement. Uh, I thought this, and I, I went back to the podcast to the lads on, on the podcast. And I said, listen, we're in trouble here because this job's too big for these guys. Uh, yeah. And it turned out that way. We, we were shocking. Uh, and then they sacked them. So uh, another manager and set of coaches that we had to we had to pay. But the problem was, with no money, there was no money yeah. in the kitty. We've had uh, problems with the chief executive. I'm not going to say he was sacked because I don't want to get sued. But he left the club. Um, he's gone under a cloud. Uh, there's lots of th- things uh, being pointed around. But the... the, the the uh, the back end of this was the staff and the players weren't getting paid, so mm-hmm. they, they got late payments five times, uh, and the EFL weren't very happy with this. Uh, there was questions whether they were actually going to get paid at all. Uh, I'll cut a long story short. What what's happened is it's escalated. In my opinion, I don't believe there's been any money put into the club since uh, late February, early March. I think. 
the wages, we released season tickets at the beginning of March and we've had an EFL payment as well. So I think the wages that have been paid since March uh, have, have come out of this kitty. They've been scraping around. They've always been late. So so we've been do- we're already on minus eight for the start of next season. Mm-hmm. Um, we was late paying the, the wages in, in, in March. We've paid them late in May and we've paid late in June. Um, we also owe HMRC. We're seven weeks behind with an HMRC bill, and we're going to uh, be paying another one uh, before the end of this month. Now, uh, that, there's been lots of figures banded about that we uh, to the tune that we owe, so ranging from two million up to about seven million quid that we have to pay before the end of June, uh, with with a group that's putting no money in. Uh, so, so what, what's been happening? <laughs> what's been happening? Well, uh, they've been saying, uh, Talal Hamad, who is the chair, has been saying that he's looking for investment. He's trying to bring investment into the club. Uh, he's been showing people letters that he's been trying to bring investment in into the club. And uh, it's been a load of bull. It's been excuses. It, it reminds me of back in the nineties when I was absolutely skint and I was I was struggling to pay my bills and I was promising Peter that I was going to put you know I had to get money off Paul to pay yeah. Peter and all this and that's exactly how this seems. Here. He's been trying to stretch it through. Now we've got we've got one or two uh, highly uh, saleable players in our squad and that mm-hmm. personally I think he's been trying to get through to this transfer window opening right. and then plug one or two off. Uh, but it doesn't work like that anyway, does it? I mean, other, other clubs will know we're, we're, we're skint and they'll not yeah. offer us any money and they'll drag it out as long as possible, but we need money straight away. Anyway, there's been a massive development over this past week, uh, weekend that um, they've said the club's up for sale and there are people interested. So everybody's took a step back here and thought, pardon? You know, what, what <laughs> including the EFL. So the EFL weren't aware of this at all. So... There is apparently a, a front runner, uh, and his name is, uh, as people might know this guy, Serb Jert Johal, a 21 year old uh, mm. solid person. He, he tried to buy Morecambe, did he not? Yeah. He, he's uh, apparently he's got a minor stake in Morecambe, uh, but he's failed the EFL, or he's not passed the self serve, he's not passed the EFL test. Uh, I don't think he's any money. Uh, I think he's uh, – all what's happening at this moment in time, it seems that uh, he's wasting our time. That's exactly what he's doing. I think the our owners, uh, with two directors, both resigned on Friday as well, walked mm, out of the club. Um, but to be honest with you, I think they went before they were they were pushed. So I think there's a lot more to that than, than what's – what's well, they, they, they were yeah. promised money, weren't they? They said they were told money would yeah, be in place by Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd spoken to one of them a week ago, and he he had all these grand schemes of what was happening. You know, what this is going to happen, that's going to happen. We're going to, you know, we're, going forward, we're going to be a sustainable club and all that. And I thought you're, you're talking out your backside because there's no money in this club, and you're mm-hmm. talking like there's twenty million coming in. You know, um, one one good thing throughout all this, we've got a, a brilliant guy in Sean Maloney who was appointed manager when. Um, when Cole Oturi, I nearly forgot his name then. I wish, I wish I'd never you heard wish of him. Good. <laughs> yeah, when Cole Oturi was sacked, Sean Maloney came in and he brought with him Graham Barra, who's a stalwart of, of the club, mm. the manager, player, 
fantastic guy. They've not been paid yet, so their wages are outstanding. The players have actually played four games without wages. They played against Burnley, Coventry and Watford. We only lost one of those games, and that was at Burnley. And also, the last game of the season... Uh, we, it's back again now. That's... <laughs> That's, that's Colo, Colo Turi, I think. Yeah, it's uh, the last game of the season, I think there was uh, six guys playing in that game uh, uh, and four of those were out of contract and they didn't get paid, but they still stepped up, put the shit on and went out mm. and played for us. So absolutely brilliant. Um, so I've no idea where we are, if I'm being honest, apart from deep in, in, in trouble. Um, a lot of people are worried that we're not going to be allowed to start the season. A lot of people mm-hmm. are worried that we're another bury. And yeah. I share that fear. And I think that's where we could be going. Can I can I ask you, sorry, just a quick one I had about the, the bury thing, because I've had this conversation with Oldham fans, Rochdale fans, obviously bury fans over the years. There's Macclesfield, Stockport. You guys were in that situation at one time. Mm-hmm. It's clubs around... Manchester area do you do you feel that as the two big Manchester clubs get richer you guys are getting poorer they are taking they're not putting back into it so all the clubs that are close and around that area are fighting over the scraps of what these two clubs leave they they've got everything haven't they and a lot of people forget that there's more than just two clubs in that Manchester area there's I think Aside from London, there's probably more than any other area in the country. It's yeah. insane. And when you think about the, the geographical position of Wigan, we're equidistance. I mean, that's a big word for a for a Monday evening, isn't it? Yeah. Equidistance between Manchester and Liverpool. So we've got Everton mm. and Liverpool there. We're 15 miles from Preston. We're, we're 12 yeah. miles from Blackburn. You know, we've got all these clubs. Bolton, I nearly said Bolton then. It's, <laughs> I said it, oh, no. But, <laughs> you've got Burnley as well. Yeah, Bolton's six miles away. Our grounds are yeah. six miles apart. So uh, they're all clubs with, with big fan bases, big pulling power. We've also got a rugby team players in the town. They're our rivals. We hate each other. You know, <laughs> so you want, you follow one or the other. You don't follow both. And like you said, we've got Stockport and, and all these other clubs round about as well. Um, we're in a similar position with the rugby. Where I'm, you know, I'm Bradford. We're a rugby town. We're a rugby city. Um, Wigan's exactly the same. Bradford and Wigan were the two big teams for years and years. It was head to head, and yeah, we're the same. It's you are. There are people that support both, but generally you are one or the other. Um, in over here, it's. I wouldn't say there are rivals similar to you. You guys are obviously in a, a much worse situation than we are with the relationship. But it's hard, isn't it, when you are, you know, football's the country's national sport. But in our two cities, for the main or the town's main part of our our lives, football hasn't been the predominant sport. We've we've been a back an afterthought to rugby. It's yeah, yeah. it's it's weird. Um, sorry, go on, Hannah, jump in. I no, all I was going to say is there were rumours that there might be a winding up petition coming in at some point. Is that how likely is it that the promise of a potential buyer might stave that off for a little while? Um. Well, a potential buy. It depends who it is, doesn't it? And when you see mm. like this joker is the front runner, uh, I, I don't think I'll stave it off at all. And you think, mm. I mean, we, we've got really, really bad owners at the moment because they're putting no money in. But mm-hmm. they have put, they reckon they've put 27 million in since they've come, you know, in, in just over two years. So they have put some money in. This guy's probably not got 27 quid. So you think... Mm. 
Yeah. You know, in the in the BBC report that I read, it said that um the this potential buyer had committed to resolving all current liabilities at the earliest possible opportunity. I mean, like given the the amounts of that you're talking about, that seems a stretch. Yeah, I think I particularly for those. If it, if it is him that we're talking about, if it is the same guy, the EFL know who he is. And mm -hmm. he, in order for this winding up order, anything like that to be sort of held off, the first thing your owner's going to have to do is prove that there is a buyer lined up. And the second the EFL see it's him, that's going to be a case of dismiss. No, we're not doing all that. He, mm -hmm. He's not going to pass. He's not the right person. Find yeah. someone else. But the fact that the yeah. EFL don't know and the club have announced this is a big red flag. Huge. Yeah, well, I, I think the problem is um, our owners seem to believe that he's got loads of money and the EFL will know that he doesn't have any and, and they're not going to let him in. But what this does is, is text time up because we're, we're dealing yeah. with him now. I mean, we was in administration and we had we had a, a, a consortium. We were given um, exclusivity, at, uh, a Spanish consortium, and it took them three months to get thrown out. So we've not got three months. And, no. and something else that I, I don't think we have, we've not got that fight that we had during administration because it's gone. Mm. We, we lived through administration. It was a COVID period. Uh, we couldn't go to games. And, and it was so soul-destroying. You know, people's mental health suffered. I mean, that, that gets thrown about. But to, to see your, your, your club going down the pan and there was nothing we could do about it mm -hmm. except this £10,000 fans if we went down to the club to protest you know we were told this we get fine 10 grand so people are reluctant to do that and all our fight went and not only did all our fight go all our money went because the the, the people of Wigan played over a million quid into the save the club fund you know and it, it was a fantastic effort so yeah. we've been through that and and like stood there again in two years two years later it, it, it's frightening it really is and I'm really concerned about what comes next so looking ahead to this season and starting in League One, what can Sean Maloney do with the wage bill and the budget that he's got? What does you know what's the youth setup like in terms of players that are coming through that might be effective but a little bit cheaper? Yeah, our, our academy is brilliant. I mean, we've produced uh, Joe Gellart. There's uh, a guy playing who went off to Tottenham, Alfie Devine, and he's uh, he's playing away with England at the moment in, in the World Cup, and he's uh, absolutely fabulous. But we've got like a bit of a production line coming through mm -hmm. of these, and Abi Sharif has just been promoted to the first team. Uh, we've got a, uh, a goalkeeper there, Sam Tittle. Uh, he played against Rotherham, uh, top lad, top goalkeeper, Charlie Hughes. 19 years of age. He's only played 12 games, but I mean the valuations that we saw handed about about him. Centre back, football, football, and centre back can use both feet. And they're talking like in the tens of millions for him, uh, potentially. Not, not obviously, not no, but potentially. No. So we've got we've got the players there. I mean, Telawaska, Callum Lang. Um, we've got Chris C as well, a great, great striker. They're, they're almost ready to, to come in at the deep end. Uh, mm. I mean, some of them are already playing. You know, uh, uh, Lange played, played a full season last season in the Championship. So, we we have got players at the club uh, who can step up. But we've also got players under contract, like Charlie Weiss got a year to go, 10 grand a week. Uh, James McLean's got another year to go. Um, you know, uh, 
There's players we've shipped out on loan last season, Graham Shinner, we got from Derby County on, on a on a championship wage. So I, you assume he's on like eight, nine, ten grand a week as well. So we have big earners still under contract. So we just we can't pay them. I mean, it's the top and bottom of it. Unless somebody comes in, unless somebody comes in and takes over the club, we we, we can't compete. We can't start the season. Never mind. Um, you know, uh, the, the season uh, ends in in on the thirtieth of June, doesn't it? That's when the season yeah. ends. Yeah. Uh, we've got there's massive bills to pay. Players are out of contract. You have to play pay loyalty bonuses to them. And we found this out in our, when we were in administration with about five players who'd come to the end of the contracts and, and the administrator said they had to find a load of money to pay the contracts off, all on championship wages. I, I weren't aware of this, but obviously we've got players now coming to the end of the contract. Yeah. Um, we've got a striker in, in Will Keane who, who bagged 20, 28 goals in League One. Uh, this season, he he, um, he he didn't play much in, in the back end of the the campaign, but he still bagged twelve goals mm. uh, till Christmas. You know, so he, he's a striker that, that probably clubs would be looking for. But who's going to come in and offer us two million when they know we're on our backside? They're going to take advantage, aren't they? So what? What for you guys then? Obviously, we know worst case. You mentioned worst case scenario is that you're another bury. That's where you end up. That's that's the worst case scenario. What right now do you see as the best case scenario in terms of? Obviously, the, the absolute best case scenario is that there is someone with 250 million is going to come in, clear all the debts, give you a Premier League budget for, for League One. But realistically, right now, what's your what's your hope? What do you see as the absolute best case scenario right now for Wigan for this coming few months? Right, my my best case scenario isn't what you've said. Isn't the 250 million? I never <laughs> want to see that sort of, of, of ambition again because that ruins clubs. And, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I, I mean, we, we're looking at ten thousand home fans. That's that's probably a, you know our loyal support. So, I'm my best case scenario would some, be somebody to come in who has to accept they're going to make a small loss every year because you're doing football. You're going to make a loss. We'll support the academy because that's churning through. You said though that we're you know we're, we've got City and United, and we've got Everton, Liverpool. The, the the young kids that they release. We can pick up. It's what mm -hmm. Stockport do. It's, it's it's what you know what Rochdale used to do. It's what all the clubs around here try and do. They pick these young kids, and and that's what I want. I just want some uh, sustainability within our club. Well, we're not we're not worried about the bills. We're worried about the fact: can we make the playoffs this year? Are we going to stay out of the relegation zone? You know, yeah. that's the sort of thing that I want. I want to be not thinking about finances at all because that 10,000 gear every week is going to support what we're doing on the pitch and it's going to support what we're doing off the pitch as well because our our club's just been named EFL Community Trust of the season, not Northwest, but uh, in the entire EFL because they do fantastic work. And yeah. to, to think that we could end up losing that as well for, for the borough of Wigan because they do some absolutely tremendous work around, around the borough. Um the light came on then, so I must have that must we must have hit a, a good a good spark though with that. What that was, yeah, <laughs> so I do know what it was, but I didn't think it worked. <laughs> so that's that's what we've got to do. We've got to we've got to save we've got to save the the club and got to save the community trust, and we've got to got to have a real community football club, which is which is you know hopefully what what will come out of it. I just pray to God that you know somebody will come in, clear these debts, and just get us through next season and get these contracts down. 
and, and start bringing the kids through that. Like Wigan Athletic of old. I mean, you probably won't remember us when we played at Springfield Park looking at you two because you look I a lot. Yeah, I remember. Right. I mean, I mean, what a club that know. was. What a club. Well, I mean, that's what what we did. We just brought the kids through and yeah. we called them on, you know, and they kept us going. Um, so that's yeah, that's that's what I want. That's what I want to happen. Well, look, please. Uh, yeah, please. It needs to, and there needs to be, uh, and I think we're going to have to do an episode where we look at all, I think we look, we do an episode where we look at all the clubs that are going through similar or have been through similar because mm-hmm. something's got to change because this keeps happening. And as harsh as it sounds, and obviously no one wants to see a club go go under, but Bury going under, Macclesfield going under, even Oldham or Scunthorpe who dropped out of the EFL last season, that's not, for the EFL big news Wigan going under is a big story and that as bad as it is and no one wants to see it it could be the catalyst for change but we need to see change at the top in terms of how they allow these owners to come in and it can't just be a fit and proper test to get a club it has to be ongoing continual proving yourself have you got the funds for this season prove it how are you going to manage you're in financial trouble okay how do we get you out of it before you get to administration like that's what's mm-hmm. got to happen but we'll do a full episode on that and i think look we've we could go all night on we we really could by the sounds of things because there's a hell of a lot going on but let's um we'll park it we'll come back to it because we want to really have a full deep dive another time as well and i know we we only asked you for 15 minutes so we've kept you longer than we said um but honestly, Barrett, Hannah, have you got any last questions before? No, we... wishing you all the luck and just everything. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's our ten-year anniversary as well from winning the FA Cup this year. Completely ironic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, so we, we've had a big celebration. We've had a we had a big dinner and uh, three days of it. Roberto Martinez there, and all the squad was reunited. Uh, fantastic times, Boyce got shut at the back here. Good yeah, friend of mine, Emerson Boyce. Well, I've, I've ended up being friends with some of the players, you know. So uh, keeping contact and, and it's, I mean, it's wonderful football, isn't it? What it can bring people together. Um, yeah, and it's so, amazing that the the actual heartache that you go through as a club can be what unites you as a fan base. Yeah, um, and it really yeah. does bring you on. Well, Barry, look, honestly, thank you very much for coming on. Absolute pleasure. We will thank have you. you back. Hannah's so excited; she's frozen. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to wing this completely on my own. Um, Hannah's gone; she's coming back. I guarantee it. Uh, but Barry, thank you very much. I'm guessing producer Gary's going to come in for a chat because me and Gary, there he is. Gary, welcome. Um, we lost <laughs> Hannah. Barry, thank you very much. We'll see you next time. Okay, thank you. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Cheers. Thanks guys. for coming on, mate. Well, Hannah's back. She's coming back. Look, you get you come in, you get comfortable. Oh, and Hannah joins us. There we go. G- Gary's here for the to the rescue, Hannah. Straight away again. Excellent. I was expecting to come back and that you hadn't missed a beat. Uh, to be fair, <laughs> I haven't missed a beat. But I pointed out that you'd gone. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it's not great at um, at Wigan, is it? No. Well, no. We've got you. We've got producer Gary in now as well, and we we've we've got a segment that we want to introduce, and this is your segment, Hannah. Your you've you've suggested yeah. this, so I think we keep producer Gary here because we want him to be part of this, and I don't think he knows. <laughs> okay. so, Hannah, how prepared are you away. to tell us what you would put in your footballing room one hundred and one? Me, 
Well, we can go first and you can well, no, I mean, I, mull I, over. Can I put Steve Evans in? How big's the room? You've got to give us a reason. You've got it right. So here's the thing: you can you can say what you want to put in. You can give us any reason you want, and me and Hannah will decide whether he goes in. And then when I have my go, you two decide. When Hannah has her go, we decide. I think that's fair. Is your argument compelling enough? So Gary, why Steve Evans? I'm going to change. I'm going to change my answer. Is that right? Yeah, go on. I'm going to put Forest Green Rovers in uh, room 101. Okay, now I have got an argument that can go back way, 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 way back. I've got an issue with clubs that artificially inflate uh, the value of transfers um, by paying transfer fees that they could not sustain if the chairman walked away, by paying wages that they could not sustain if the chairman walked away. Forest Green Rovers in 2016-17 were 12 points ahead of us in the National League believed they were then going to go on and win the league, didn't, and then made all manner of comments when they came up through the playoffs about how they'd done it the right way playing football, how League One was going to be a breeze. The chairman had his stars on his back, his three stars signalling each promotion to the championship, and he had these empty stars and they had them on the shirt. They claimed to be this paragon of virtue, the sustainable football club, the little club on the hill. You know, they've got a creative director who used to be in massive attack. They have, um, and I don't mind this, by the way, their vegan food, that's their call. Mm-hmm. They sacked a groundsman because he could only use certain organic products. And when the grass started dying away, they blamed the groundsman and sacked him. Look up Aaron Racine. I think it's Aaron Racine. He was wow. their captain. They dropped him after we beat them 3-2 at our place. Pretty much ever present. Loaned him to Torquay, broke his leg. They released him and forced him to pay for his own um, treatment. Look it up, straight up. <laughs> we went away to Forest Green Rovers and lost 1-0 in the middle of um, November, I think it was. They gave us open terracing. There was covered stands, empty, away to the right-hand side. They wouldn't let our fans in there because of how much they hate Lincoln City. If Forest Green Rovers aren't going in room 101, I'm ending this recording now. Really, podcast <laughs> is done. So... I have a question. I have a couple of questions for you on this. First of all, is it Forest Green Rovers or is it Dale Vince? I, well, well, Dale Vince wasn't um, wasn't standing in an orange coat refusing our fans uh, right. sanctuary in the dry. Mm-hmm. So, but what, but was that his call? Was he because what you've mentioned there about and I comp- I actually agree. With, as soon as you said about the transfers, the overinflating. If the owner walks away, they can't afford to pay them. That's kind of my argument with Wrexham at the minute. Mm-hmm. They're doing the same. So for me, it was, yeah, I was just trying to clarify is it the club or is it him? Because the club ethos changed when he came in, didn't it? That was. It did. I'm not going to blame a single individual uh, for libel reasons. Uh, I'm <laughs> going on reported instances. Look, the fact is, no, actually, Mark Cooper was the manager there for a long, long while and he despised Lincoln after we yeah. beat them at our place. I mean, bear in mind, we beat them something like eight games out of eight. And yeah. He actually allegedly, reportedly got away with assaulting one of our fans. He got off a team bus and him and one of our fans was involved in a physical alteration, uh, altercation rather, uh, which again was well documented at the time, so I'm not breaking any libel at all. Um, but that wasn't Dale Vince. Right. Okay. Hannah, have you got anything to question on that? I mean, it sounds all fair and reasonable. We've we've had our own run-ins as a as a club with um, Mr. Vince. In terms, I think we flew down to Eastleigh 
and that was just the most terrible environment. I mean, on a, it's a long way, and you know, but yeah, but I mean, uh, he, he funded it, it the was, just stop oil people as well. <laughs> they they invaded Premier League games and you know tied themselves to a, the posts at Everton. Like he, he's not done the best of. I mean, he might think he's got good intentions, but he did. I think it's absolute nonsense. Some of the stuff he's done. He, he wants to build well, a wooden. Is... He, he wants. Sorry, Hannah. He wants to build a wooden stand as well, which you just can't do. He wants to be an environmentally eco-friendly wooden stand, but he flew um, allegedly flew architects in from all around the world to present to design this stand. So just stop oil. You know, planes don't fly on vegan fumes. Hopes and prayers. So, Hannah, are we, are we putting it in? Do we think we're Forest Green, yeah, the I, first I ever? I think fairly definitive. <laughs> yeah. Forest Green, the first ever, the, the inaugural members of the football room 101. Get wow. in the bin, Forest Green. We still have wow. a sound effect. Do we have a I sound know. effect? We need, the, like we need like the, the thing collapsing and dropping it in. Um, we'll. I, I don't know what that is, but that is. That is. Um, <laughs> Not a clue. Um, Hannah, give, give us give us your room one hundred and one. So I was I was fairly confident about this, but I didn't realise I was going to have to defend it quite so stringently. My footballing room one hundred and one, and I'd actually be interested to know whether this is uh, something um, unique and special for Stockport County, and goes back to uh, what Barry was saying about local teams. So there is, I'd like to put into room one hundred and one. People, or I suppose we could just call it their apparel, uh, attending one game games, one team's game, and wearing the kit or apparel of another. So this is particularly problematic at Stockport County because it's fairly common to see people in United or City kits. I'm not talking about you know obscure mystery shirts mm. type. Um, this, this yeah, I just wonder. It's, it's very pretty. It's um, yeah, no. So you know, I'm not that kind of argumentative about it. But you know, there was a little girl at the end of um, the Salford game who was top to toe in a United kit with a shirt. A, 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 a can I have your shirt sign? Which actually should have been another Room 101. Mm. Chris Hussey, please, can I have your shirt? In fairness, she clearly needed a Stockport County shirt because she only had a United one. So yeah. don't begrudge her that. But it's a, a really common thing. I don't know whether it's something you see at Bradford or at Lincoln. Not so much at Bradford. Um, I know Huddersfield's had Bradford fans in the home end wearing Bradford shirts, but I, I've not really seen it at Bradford for a while. But I think if I did, I, like 100%, I agree like it's, I think the way football's going as well, only kids can really get away with that. If that if that was an adult, there's there's a safety issue as well, isn't there? Really, when you look there at was, how um, angry people are. Yeah, there was someone uh, I don't know about three quarters of the way in the season with a Burnley scarf on in the courtyard, and he was actually asked to leave and hopefully just put his scarf in his pocket or something. But it's it's not limited to children uh, that was just that example and I think some of it stems from there was a whole because we spent on a Friday night there was this whole United and City fans saying that you know they were coming to help us out by coming on the Saturday on a Friday night and I think it's a little bit of that as a legacy but 
yeah, just it's just a bit classless. Just well, there are other when, shirts in your wardrobe. When we played Oldham a couple of years ago, Lincoln fans turned up with Man United kits for Paul Scholes to sign whilst he was there, <laughs> whilst he was going in. They were wearing Lincoln kits, but with their Man United kits. And as it was, it was the game after Paul Scholes actually left. Um, yeah. So it, it was one of those like once in a lifetime opportunities. Away at Morecambe on our on the penultimate game of the season for us, I was forced to wear a Grimsby kit as part of my stag weekend. Um, so would I go into Room 101 or am I going to get a pass for that? Because otherwise it might change the way I vote. It wasn't your choice, was it? There was no free will or determination involved in you wearing a Grimsby shirt. Absolutely none whatsoever. No, no. you're good. And I think that's the thing, isn't it? You've gone, there's a, there's a reason you're wearing it, whereas these are fans of those clubs that are just coming to, to watch it. But... Obviously, you you appreciate the support because it's money into your club, but you don't wear another club's kit to the game. You just, yeah. it's I find that really bizarre. Um, I wouldn't, it, I wouldn't wear my Lincoln shirt to the pub to watch an England game. No, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, I I agree, and I I have a wide variety of football shirts. I have so many random football shirts from <laughs> random clubs from all around the world, but I would never dream of wearing one. A Me too. Yes. I've got a Hearts of Oak away is a particularly nice shirt that I've got, and I've got a Tanzania training shirt as well. I the other day got a Swallows FC shirt. Oof. I will send you a photo of it. It is lovely. Um, but we can we could do a full episode again on different football shirts. We could <laughs> yes. we could rate football shirts, but we've got to we've got to make a decision. Gary, a yes or no? Are we having a two for two on room one oh one? I feel at the minute, yeah, we're all because we don't know each other all that well. I think we're being a bit friendly with each well, other. You can but, tell me whatever, Gary. But I absolutely yeah. think that Hannah's spot on. It's got to go yeah, in room 101. It has. I agree. That's two. <laughs> I, I don't think we've got a. Let me try a different spec. What about this as the room 101 noise? No. no, it's not a great <laughs> thing, it? it needs to be a trap, though. It needs to be a trap. It does, doesn't it? it we'll does. find well, let's it. see what you let's see what you come up with. So, believe it or not, mine is is the example Hannah gave me when we were discussing <laughs> the episode. Because even if she'd not given me this example, this was my go-to because it really riles me up. And Hannah knows I'm in. I'm somehow in a Stockport County WhatsApp group, and <laughs> last week they posted a screenshot of their season tickets and their prices. And I went off because some of them were going, yeah, that's fine. I'm happy to pay that. Some of them were saying I can't go because I can't afford. Prices have gone up. And I was just saying, you should be fuming. Like, I understand that clubs in League Two have got to cover bills. I, I get it. You've got to make money. But for me, the way that I feel at the moment is that if your club fails, and let's be honest, Stockport, I know it's your first season back in the EFL, but... Ultimately, in the, at the last hurdle, you fell short, you failed. I don't believe you should be, when you're already paying a hell of a lot of money, because you were expensive to start with, I don't believe prices should be going up. I don't believe your owners should be putting prices up. Swindon are a perfect example, and I've had this rant so many times. Last season, Swindon were under a transfer embargo. So I think their wage bill was like 1.5 million. They paid nearly £400 for a season ticket, and the owner this year put the prices up by 50 quid why he made money last season where did that money go that should have been the buffer they failed last season and then this season they failed even worse didn't even make the playoffs list this season and the prices have gone up again and i just think for me my argument is 
as football fans, and Barry touched on it, we supported our clubs through COVID. We knew we weren't going to attend games. We knew there was no way we were going to be allowed to, but we all bought season tickets. We bought shirts. We bought match passes. We gave money to transfer funds if they asked for it. We did everything we could to support. And at the minute, as a country, we are in a cost of living crisis and people are choosing whether to pay their bills, to have the heating on or to whether eat food. Like those are the choices. And if I'm in that position where I'm struggling and I'm looking at my heating and my gas and electric, and then I see my football club, which for some people is their only sanctuary, it's the only thing that they have that gives them a peace of mind and a break on a weekend, a break from all the crap that's going on. And the club have just booted the prices up 30, 40 quid. I'm going to go, do you know what? 30, 40 quid, better in my pocket. The whole season ticket, better in my pocket. I'll pay my bills. That's kind of the make or break. And I think what I'm getting at is we supported our clubs through a really difficult time. It's time football clubs gave back and supported us. Because let's be honest, no one here, Hannah, how much are yours this season? They're about 400. Well, the re my renewal's 405. So it works out at just about £17 a game, I think, doesn't it? £17, £18 a game. Yeah. At any stage last season, and Gary, you're, you're League One, so you're technically a step up in quality for us. That does. We're League Two. At any point last season, did you leave a game thinking that were worth 17 quid? Because Bradford season tickets are 198 quid, which work out at £8.60. And I'm still struggling to name five games last season I went to at Bradford's that were worth £8.60. And we were challenging in the playoffs. When you compare it to the championship where there are season tickets at 300 quid, Man City, and I get Man City, you've got all the money in the world, £300, £310 for a season ticket at Man City. This is where your football club are going to lose out on that next generation of fans because your noisy neighbours that have got the best players in the world are 100 quid cheaper. That's my mm, argument. Not sure where to start. So <laughs> I like to I like to I had to be difficult. I'm gonna be on this one um, as well. Right. In terms of value and um the value of a game and, and whether it represents good return on investment, I think it that's maybe fair. But for me and for a lot of people as well, the match day is not just the 90 minutes of football. It's the whole kind of social mm -hmm. side that goes with it. It's um, it's the ups and downs and, and I guess the <laughs> related trauma that, you know, obviously you're happy to pay for. Um, but it's it's that culture. It's the rituals. It's everything that gets wrapped around with it. So for me, you know, yes, I'm quite happy to pay £17 a game. And actually paying it in advance, which I am able to do, um, because we don't, you know, I know another point around county is the lack of um, kind of payment options. It's upfront or, or nothing means that it's out of the way. And then it's, you know, you, you rock up every week and you just pay for your pie and program and, and whatever else. Uh, the other side, in terms of the next generation of fans, my girls' season tickets are free. So um, in the Together Stand, which is the pop side um, at County, the youth tickets are free when bought with an adult ticket. And there are enough initiatives like that encouraging younger kids to go. The, the kids' season tickets, I think if I had to pay for them, I think they're 60 quid, which seems reasonable to me as well. So. Um, I think 
it comes down to capacity and you know my my thoughts on you know Bradford's ability to flex pricing in a way that we can't at Edgeley Park because we're pretty much at capacity dropping the cost of the season tickets means that we wouldn't you know that the total gate revenue would be lower um over the course of a season if and I accept it's an if if we sold out every week so um for, with a commercial hat on I can see why they've done it and also not that we should necessarily be accepting it I think we are more accepting of it because prices are going up for everything everywhere and I recognize your point completely that this is not a fun first decision but um it's a commercial decision I think it's not excessive for me uh for for Stockport County and I can justify it so I have a a counter question just on what you said there because I agree with what you said it's not just about the football it's the experience it's the meeting Mm -hmm. with your friends it's the social side of things none of that costs your club money no what but what what I'm saying is the increase like if your prices for us and stayed the same Mm-hmm. I, I don't have an issue with that. I'm not. The issue isn't necessarily the prices that they've been this season. It's justifying an increase in pricing mm-hmm. when you are seeing football clubs post profits as well. That's that's mm-hmm. the other side of things. You're seeing football clubs post profits, and you are seeing prices go up when really you've failed as as a, as a club. Now, if you guys let's say let's say this season you don't even make the playoffs. Next season, is your owner going to go, you paid more, you should have got more, you didn't get more, I'm going to reduce season tickets down for the season after? No, it's probably going to increase again. And that's, I just, like you say, it's not fan-focused, it's not fans-first, but it should be because without us, there ain't a football club. And and, it, and people will be priced out. We are the it's the working man's game. People are being priced out of the game at this point, and that really grinds me because I know people that are scrimping and saving to go to games, and they only go to home games. And like I say, it's their break on a weekend. It's all mm-hmm. they get, and they're being priced out of it by someone who doesn't really need it. Let's be honest, your your owner doesn't need the cash. I'm not I'm not saying that he should put all his personal wealth in, but He's, he's not it's not like you are living season no, to season the, and only covering those fees do you know what i mean like no but there. the club should be sustainable and stand on its own right as much as possible without cash injections from uh you know rich benefactor because otherwise then you know we can't criticize Wrexham at all no we can't but you didn't need a cash injection this season and this isn't by the way this isn't just a stop pot thing this is this is no, this, no, this, no that was no. the conversation we had Gary, because you've answered my question, I was going to say, is this just a Stockport thing? And you've said it isn't, which does swing my decision a little bit. Now, I've got a couple of points to go through, so you'll have to bear with me. First of all, I think that this is entirely something that you can only judge on a club-by-club basis rather than a wholesale basis. Mm -hmm. So to say putting season ticket increases as part of failure into Room 101... I can't buy that because costs do go up at a football club. Stewarding costs go up. Policing costs go up. Costs go up in terms of caring for the pitch, in terms of preparing the stadium, in terms of opening it on a match day. All of those are seeing an increase. The cost of living crisis is actually being seen in the wages that clubs pay out, not just to the players, not just to those that kind of earn a lot of money, 
but to the guys, I'm assuming, I mean, people may or, or may not know, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but one of us on this chat is a football mascot and the other one on this chat was a football mascot once before. Um, now, I didn't get paid, but people who do go to the club, who do sell, you know, some mascots these days or they sell the 50-50 tickets, they all need paying more. And that money's got to come from somewhere. And if that money came from the playing budget as a supporter, you would almost be asking, well, well why haven't season tickets gone up? I know this. We were promoted out of League Two. Sorry, it can be done, guys. We were promoted out of League Two in 2019. <laughs> we didn't bother with the playoffs. We won the league. Um, and I was on the supporters board at the time. And the meeting before that, they said, if we go up into League One, what should we do with season ticket prices? There were 350, 365 quid at the time for a fresh renewal, yeah. 375. We said 400 quid League One, bang, we're going to be playing Sunderland, we're going to be playing Ipswich. That, that's the price. The club froze those prices when we went up. That's fan-centric. But then they showed us the numbers behind it and they showed why it was a kind of a, a fan-driven move. As a supporter, as a group of supporters, we felt that the money should have gone up. I'll move on quickly because I do still have some points. £17 for being, did I get £17 worth uh, at Sintel Bank? Yeah, you know, we played Sheffield Wednesday, we played Derby County, we played Barnsley, we had 10,000 fans in the stadium. We were 85, I think, percent capacity for virtually every single game um, on average. It's worth £17 of my money. You know, I've paid 17 quid to go and watch Lincoln City um, host Welling and get beat 1-0. So... You know, I know which of those, and I buy your point, you know, but I absolutely buy it. Um, football clubs are a business at the end of the day. And, and, and I think that's why um, I'm not even going to ask any more questions. For me, I'm going to have to say no to putting it in room 101. Right, well, then we're done. Not playing anymore. No, no. So this is my, this is my thing. It's, it, it isn't every club and there are clubs that can justify it. And I, I get that. My, like I said, there's, there's just certain examples. The, the, uh, sorry, the Swindon one is a perfect example of there is no justification for it. They And the fans tried to justify it for me. They said, you know, we've got debts that we're trying to pay off. And I said, well, hang on. You've got a new owner who's come in who's proven that he has the funds to clear those debts. He should be, those should have been cleared. You, you've already paid your money whilst these debts have been accrued. You shouldn't be paying again to cover the, you know, you've already paid it. Um, and that was the thing. They had a, a transfer embargo and we worked out that their, I can't remember what it, it was, something like 2.9 million from season ticket sales, but their wage budget was 1.6, 1.7. It was like, so there's a 1.2 million pounds swallowed up by the club somewhere. And then it went up, and this season they've fallen behind, finished ninth or tenth, whatever it was, and they've gone up again, and it's just creeping and creeping. I get that costs are going up, but at a time when the club really we're not we're not going to be in this cost of living crisis for years. Hopefully, you'd hope that we're out of it soon. I feel that there's a time to give back, and we gave when we really couldn't afford to give. We were all out of work. Everyone was furloughed. Well, most people were. You know, people weren't able to go out and do anything, and we were just throwing money blindly at a football club because we love the football club. And I feel like the clubs take advantage of that. They know that we will continue to support, and people will find ways of going. But there are those that can't, and those that will really struggle. And that's where there's got to be some allowance, and there's got to be a way of dealing with it so that everybody is supported through these things. So that's that's my that's my thought on it. I, I shot it down a little bit there. and uh, Maybe I was a little bit too blunt. I didn't realise we weren't quite at that stage just yet. The thing is, I absolutely, 
<laughs> we'll get there. It's, it's all right. We'll get there. Honestly, it's taken eleven years for, for for me to get there here at home. So you know, we're only four episodes in. I think, <laughs> I think that there's there's justification. Let's say Wrexham put their season ticket, up. and I'm not saying they have or they haven't. I don't know. Yeah. That would be unjustified. The Swindon one, when an owner, for me, if an owner comes in and there's historic debt, and that owner's got enough money to cover the debt. I don't think he has an obligation to do so if the business can cover the debt. That's my own personal feeling. The fans maybe shouldn't be asked to do it or or they have to make the decision whether they do it or not. Um, but I you know, I, I speak to um, people at Lincoln City quite regularly and uh-huh. you know, we're often told investment in a football club is not investment because with investment, you put money in to give it back. Investment in a football club is a gift. Now, mm-hmm. we had... Barry on from Wigan, and their, their owners gave £20 million gift and the people at the club you know, frittered that away, whereas our investors are slowly feeding half a million here and a million there in order to cover an, a 900000 or a £2 million shortfall or whatever there is every year. And they're not kind of robbing the fans to do that. I do think that on an individual club-by-club basis, mm-hmm. it can be judged. But I think as a general overall context, rising season ticket prices are unfortunately just a factor of life, like rising mortgages or like Steve Evans's rising belt size. You know, it's just going to keep going. God. Yeah. <laughs> I really wanted him on as well. I thought we'll get him on eventually. He's never coming on now, is he? Well, yeah, because um, this is football EFL. He might go on the lower league look because that's a kind of a, yeah. you know, a classier, classier. He's already coming on. He's agreed. Hang on. Oh, God, has he? <laughs> he's agreed, oh, to, I'll, I'll, he's, he's agreed to come on the lower league look, don't worry. You can keep it on, <laughs> on here. Um, no, no, it's fine. But no, no I just wanted to, I, I'm, very, I'm very much in that view of like my football club. I'm fortunate that we can do what we do. Um, people say that we have cheap season tickets at Bradford. I disagree. I don't think we have cheap. I think we have fair. Um, in comparison, when you look at the fact that you can get the same you know, 23 games home a season in the championship. You can get 18 home games in the Premier League for just a little bit more in some clubs. Like, I think we're fair. When you look at it as a pyramid and you look at the levels of football, and I get that, you know, we're not there for the quality, let's be honest. None of us are there because we think that the football in, that we're playing as a club is is the best in the world. It's not. Uh, we follow lower league clubs, but... You are the second cheapest in the whole of the EFL, though, aren't you, after, behind Morecambe? Uh, I think third, Crawley. Crawley dropped theirs down to one one eight nine last season, and they've frozen them for this season. They've only uh, announced it not, today. Uh, they're on two five five on this little Twitter list that I've got uh, here. Your second, so okay, third. Okay. Yeah, they dropped they dropped it down to one eight nine last season. Did Crawley, and they've announced today that they've frozen them. Um, so I think I think after the early bird ends, that two five five is probably right. But um, that um, is ours at one nine eight on there. It's a one eight nine on here. It's cheapest cheapest prices uh, in the in the ground. So Morecambe one seven nine, and you and Fleetwood one eight nine. But Fleetwood they might need a, a little bit more, yeah. might they? Given recent, yeah, yeah. I think what they've done there is life. they've given they've given they've used our early bird pricing, but they've used Crawley's non early bird pricing there. Because yeah, okay, yeah. But anyway, yeah. No, we look. We're, we're fortunate. We are. I mean, I'm fortunate I don't pay for a season ticket anyway, regardless. But that, for me, shows how passionate I am about it. The fact it doesn't affect me in any way, shape or form. But I look <laughs> at people that are struggling. I'm like, come on. Um, when you've watched your club go through some shit and you've supported throughout it, there's got to be a give back at some stage. And I just, yeah, I, I'll, I'll die on that hill. Um, so you don't have to put it in room 101. Because if it goes in room 101, it's done and dusted. I'm quite happy to continue having this argument for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> 
So that was quite fun. I enjoyed that. Um, this has been a this has been a, a, a different sort of episode. We were going to do the League One review, weren't we? But we've kind of run over a little bit. But it's been fun because we got I to actually. Well, we got to actually know producer Gary as well. It's been the longest he's been on camera without sitting there looking shocked because I've disappeared. <laughs> My turn, it's, been a, it's been a pleasure. I've really enjoyed being on and hopefully probably come on and do a bit of the League One with um, with Tom as well, producer Tom. who Producer Tom. Um, the the mis- mystery that is producer Tom. If we can get yeah, him locked down at a certain time where we can actually find him. Um any oh, one thing of... I did want to say before yeah. we finish, because we talked a lot last week about transfer rumours and ridiculous mm. rumours. It feels like a public service announcement. Check the person that is posting the rumour. Check their Twitter handle. Please. Check when the account was created. Check how many followers they have. Do they have any followers that look at all credible? Um, do they have a website? the answer to all of those questions is no or you know three followers and it was created last week it's probably not true yeah we um so just to just to give a perfect example for you of that and this is where (laughs) they get really really strange there's a a few of the efl rumors pages that have all cropped up at the same time and weirdly (laughs) every single one of them only reports on bradford Oh, that's all they how do. How could that be? I know. So quite clearly, they are just a few Bradford fans that think that they've got a bit of clout. Anyway, they both tweeted out saying that um, the lad from crew at Bradford deal has fallen through. And Bradford are signing, I think it's a lad from Chef Wednesday and the left back from Barrow. Now, I can say with every bit of confidence that I have checked with, there is no better source for who I have checked the Barrow one with, unless... <laughs> He is lying to me. He is going to League One. But the Chef Wednesday player replied to the tweet and said, <laughs> this is a lie. And the page replied to him going, no, it's not. He literally <laughs> told the player, he told the player, I know more about you than you do. You are going to Bradford. And the player was saying, no, this is not true. And he just argued. And that shows... At the minute, they're adamant that Bradford have signed Billy Sharp. Billy Sharp went on record a few years back after there was an incident between Bradford and Billy Sharp, and I can't remember who he was playing for at the time. He despises us. (laughs) I think I remember someone posted a quote from him saying that he would never play for this football club when he was questioned when we were linked to him before. He, why? Like, they, and these, they're putting their entire reputation out. They're saying, I, 100% 100% done deal. I'll delete my page if it's not true. So, no, you won't. You'll delete the rumor. Yeah. You'll delete the rumor. You'll change your handle and you'll come back in later in the summer and tell us that Harry McCurney's coming back to Swindon. We, we <laughs> had a guy, we had a guy doing the same for Lincoln last year. He was absolutely certain we were signing Alex Gilby. So, if you see anything tweeted by Ryan Whelan, honestly. <laughs> disregard it in order to keep him out of trouble uh he, he took over editing a, a website called the real efl but i, I was yeah. reading this stuff very seriously ryan in fact he told me two weeks ago that andy cook was definitely not signing with bradford <laughs> to, to, be on, to be honest it was it was touch and go it was very touch and go and like from what from what i saw as well like it was not happening for a long long time and and that wasn't because 
either side didn't want it to happen, but neither side were talking to the other. Um, and when you're not talking, you you basically as a you know an agent, an agent's got to start looking for alternatives, um, and a club have got to start looking for alternatives in case it doesn't happen. And that's where they kind of got to a stalemate. But yeah, no, that Ryan Whelan's <laughs> nightmare, isn't it? It's just honestly stresses me out. Not saying anything more negative about Mr. Whelan because we wouldn't <laughs> oh, be no. sitting here doing a podcast, would we, if it wasn't for him? And we know he's got access to the video and he's I was all just going to say, <laughs> we love you, Ryan. Yeah, you're not getting that. Okay. He's the one who uploads the TikToks. Yeah, he is, isn't he? I, I like that, Hannah. Just on transfers, then, before we do sort of wrap up, the, the most baffling transfer for me has happened today in League Two, which is. Christian Dennis. No, it's not that weird when you think about it. Oh, I think it is. Christian Dennis going to Tranmere Rovers. So he's uh, turning down a deal Stockport. at Carlisle. He still lives in Stockport, though. And like that commute to Carlisle, it's not like Barrow, Barrow chain in Manchester. Mm-hmm. So if you want, he wanted a two year contract. Because so, Carlisle said they offered him a contract, didn't they? But yeah, yeah. presumably a, a one year one. He's gone for two to, to Tranmere. But I think that's probably, you know, guaranteed game time, bit of security, less of a commute. It's I don't think it's weird as you do. No, it's the Tramier of it that's weird for me. Wow. It's 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 Tramier for me are a club in serious trouble. Like mm. I really think Tramier could be in big trouble this season. Um, you know that the fans are not happy at the manager that they brought in. Mm-hmm. They really weren't happy with how the season went last year. I think Tramier Walsall are two clubs that could be in trouble. And like if he's from the Stockport area, there are so many League Two clubs mm-hmm. around. You know, within you, you look at Matt Smith at Salford, it looks like he's most likely not going to be there next season. I don't know if he's been released yet. I think he might have been, not mm-hmm. sure. But Salford are a club that Christian Dennis would fit into and would probably be a better story for him than, than Tramia. Summit's Summit Summit's gone on to go to Tramia. It's got to have done. Yeah. Um, but his agent would have, you know, I was gonna say pimped him around, but would have, you know, would have approached Salford, would have there you go. They're both making money signs. Of course they are. The audio podcasting listeners. Yes, we are making the, the yeah the money signs. Uh, <laughs> or the world's smallest violin, whichever one we want to go with. Um, but yeah, so what what are we going to do next week as we wrap up? What what do we what we're we going to do? We're going to do the League One review. We'd best do preview. that League One preview. Yeah, I'll be up for that. Should we do a trans? If we, should we should we focus League One next season and do a League One transfer update as well? And yeah. Yeah, we've got to do something because they're all. I made a whole load of notes. Look about who I thought would be promoted and relegated, and who's doing well and who to watch out for. So I'll have to make sure I don't lose that this week. Yeah, I don't do predictions because we'll be. (laughs) I hate them. uh, We'll be just before the um, transfer window opens, won't we? Next week, so be end of anyone who's already been released, maybe, and yeah. There's, there's going to be some. I, I think this, this, I think this is going to show the quality of League Two because we know it's going to be the hardest. Like, to be honest, I'm not being biased. It's going to be probably the hardest league in the country next season. It's mm. going to be the most competitive. There's going to be 15 teams all thinking they can get that top four or those four promotion places. I think we're going to see some big players. You like saw Billy Sharp coming into League Two. I think that that's going to be a thing. I think the other way as well. So, like Bristol are after Josh Dakers Cogley, maybe there'll be other ones um, mm. going up. 
and that will be interesting as well especially when they're big names at smaller clubs yeah. and they've you know contributed massively to that club's success because they've been high scorers and yeah. suddenly they're elevated to league one what happens then we've been linked with uh Dacris Cogley as well oh there you go you, you were, you've been linked with uh, Cole Stockton as well, haven't you? I know you've had you've had he's had chats with the club. Us two, us two, yeah, us two as well. Apparently, he signed for us last week. Another um, one of those yeah. pages that was adamant he'd signed. Yeah, I, I think that Stockton. I think we sounded him out potentially, but as I understand yeah. it, it was dead in the water when we saw um, what his wage demands were. Because any striker signs for Lincoln City, and we could touch on this next week, but you know they're going to be playing second fiddle. To Ben House, and yeah, you're not going to bring in a Cole Stockton, you're not going to bring in a Tyler Walker for that. Plus, we've got the kid mm. over in Ireland who's got five goals and two assists in seven games to come back, and he's only 18 years old. So, Cornell will be devastated that you're not bringing in Tyler Walker. Well, I did that article today, didn't I? On my site, <laughs> Tyler Walker put it all trigger Cornell, and yes. uh, and, and hey, presto, I had to take my phone upstairs and put it under a pillow. <laughs> well, look. We've, I've really enjoyed that tonight. We've learned, I've learned some stuff about Wigan, and I think the, mm. the what we, what should we do? Are we gonna, are we gonna bring something each week for Room One Hundred One, or do you think we ask people to give us Room One Hundred Ones? Bit of yeah, a. Maybe get maybe get guests on. Maybe if somebody's got a good Room One Hundred One, we can bring them in at yeah. a certain time, can't we? Give them, give them a five minute window to plead their case. Yeah, yeah and I if they're so. League One, they can join in on that review as well next week. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, Hannah, do you, do you, you could do, I did the walk in, you can do the walk out. This oh, thanks. Well, thanks everyone for joining us. Um, we'll be back next week and have a great week. Fantastic, honestly. Bye. Naturals, we're good at this, aren't we? We're getting better. It's the 90th minute and all your mates around watching your team on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share box on the go. And you know what? Your mates already got booked for double dipping. But then later on, you steal in, grab the last nugget and snatch all three points. Perfect. Why not order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app? Are you in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.